Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. Have you ever broken a promise? I know I have. Is there anyone you know that you could count on regardless of what you need and they could deliver? Is there anyone walking on this planet today that could say and live out, I will always? Because saying it and doing it are entirely two different things. Because anyone that would use the word always would have to possess the power and control over circumstances, events, and time. Did anyone come to mind? Could you without hesitation believe them? Now your beliefs and their deliverance are two separate things. You could hope they would, but when the time comes for them to deliver, could you walk into it, whatever it would be, with total confidence because you believe they are totally faithful? You got your tanks? Let's dive in. This segment is titled Discipleship the Way of Life totally faithful. When you talk about the topic of being totally faithful, I must immediately disqualify myself. I had a terrible history of broken promises. I will testify to that truth. I have broken promises to myself, leading to disappointment, bitterness, and anger. To my spouse and children, creating disappointment, discouragement, creating trust and dependence issues. To my friends, which drastically affected their confidence, and my fellow disciples that created a question of reliance and trustworthiness, and most importantly, God. I broke so many promises. But I am so glad he is a loving God with a forgiving heart. And as I have grown in my life as a disciple of Jesus, I am learning to depend more on God's promises versus my own. Believe that. And all of you listening that I've mentioned, I am so thankful that I have received God's gift of forgiveness through every single one of you. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I hope I'm not the only one to testify to one's inability to be faithful to the promises they have made. Making it whichever you say and how many times you say it. Be it working too much, stop drinking, putting down the drugs, being unfaithful, lying and being deceptive, or deleting the websites. Yes, to experience forgiveness, a genuine forgiveness through love that truly begins the healing process happens in all of us that are in Christ. You want to begin to heal? Then begin forgiving others. And even forgive yourself. And seek God's forgiveness. And those wounds, regardless of the depth, width, or whatever they're full of, God's forgiveness can mend them. Yes, there may be a scar, but I'm here to testify there'll be no pain. Therefore, if there's ever a question on who would be totally faithful, I wouldn't raise my hand. Believe that. And I'd be looking around the room to see if any of you are raising your hand on totally faithful. Now, on the other hand, when someone makes a promise that they're going to do it, then it's only fitting that you would expect that they would do it because you're saying your word is your bond and you're going to deliver, right? So, if you offend God, wouldn't you want him, anybody, to honor his own word and be totally faithful in his promise of forgiveness? What would you do if he acted like you? Would that make you nervous that the creator would invalidate his promise of forgiveness and hold you accountable for every sin you committed? And now you are a sinner in the hands of a living God who's extremely angry at you for being unfaithful to him. So 
Shouldn't you do what you say you're going to do? Jesus commands us in Matthew 5, 37, but let your statement be yes, yes, and no, no. And if it is yes, then you got to do it. So if we're talking about being totally faithful, then the things you say you're going to do, you have to do that. So if you say, yes, Lord, I'm going to live out Matthew 4, 4 as a focus in my life. And if you're totally faithful, you'll go read it. That's why I left it there as a disciple of Jesus. And you got to do it. So I'm so thankful we serve a God that is totally faithful. He's the only one that is faithful in every circumstance, every event, every time, every day, every year, from eternity past and forever. And because he is, then as his disciple, I must live out Ephesians 5.1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and be totally faithful. And what I say I will do, I must do because I have a perfect model to follow. Amen? Now, if we are to imitate him, then his faithfulness is a wonderful quality and characteristic to have and to imitate. So, how are you as a disciple of Jesus going to learn about God's faithfulness? Well, there are numerous ways you can count on that. You should experience his faithfulness personally. You could see his faithfulness being carried out in another's life. Or you could read the thousands of times God has been faithful from eternity past and will be faithful forever in his word. Now, as a reminder, God's real acts of faithfulness are all throughout his word. But you must be in his word to find them. And if you need a boost of confidence to help you endure, then there's no better place to spend time than in God's word with him. And in doing that, I pray God will give you eyes to see. Then you'll learn and God the Holy Spirit will teach you. Now, may I ask, what do you think is keeping you from learning, studying, and following the only true God and his faithfulness experiences faithfulness as you say you're a disciple of Jesus? What's keeping you from that? In order to imitate God, you must be in his word to see the circumstances, events, and times God demonstrated his faithfulness to his chosen people. That would be at least one motivating factor to reading the Old Testament because you will learn of God's faithfulness to his chosen people. So I'll ask you, are you one of God's chosen people? I would hope you say, well, I didn't live in the Old Testament, so I guess no. They were the Jews. Well, I would say, okay, then listen to this truth of God, and I pray the Spirit of God brings illumination to your heart and mind, and your perspective and understanding changes today. Listen to what God says, and the promise that I would hope, you would hope, that he would be totally faithful and deliver on his promise, because if he doesn't, then we're all doomed. Galatians 3 26 through 29, for you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, that's them. Oh, wait. Do you have faith in Jesus Christ? So I guess you would say, oh, yeah, I do. Okay. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. So have you been baptized in Christ and have you been clothed with him? If you said yes, 
And I guess it applies to you. Therefore, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave or free man. There's neither male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Oh, not you, them. And if you belong to Christ, so do you belong to Christ? Then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to promise. Now, I know you were listening and probably not counting, but I counted and he said you, Y-O-U, six times. Now, if you are an heir, you inherit what you inherit is eternal life. Is he talking to you? Now, if you is you, then you is you, and you is only them, then it's because it's them, then it's not you, then you are not an heir, and I guess your Christianness is in vain. I would hope you now are beginning to see and hopefully realize when God says you anywhere on the linear line of time, it's you. I pray you say you are, because if you are, then all of God's word applies to you, his chosen people. Are you one of God's chosen people or not? So if you say, well, uh, good, then you're in a great place, because listen to this next promise of God, and we want him to be totally faithful, right? It's 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen race. God called you out of darkness. You're chosen. So you are that person. If you're not that person, it's really them. So therefore it doesn't apply to you. So stop living that way. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a people of God's own possession. So you are the special chosen people that God has given his treasure to, his life, his spirit, his new life, and you become this new creation as a disciple of Jesus spreading the gospel so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So, here you are. If that's you or not, and are you living out a life as a disciple of Jesus as 1 Peter 2.9 proclaims the excellence of he who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light? So that's you. Then you need to begin living that way as a disciple. And being one of God's chosen people, then you must expect that he is faithful more than any flawed human being could ever be. Therefore, trust, believe, have faith in God, then God will be totally faithful. Now, we're wrapping up this powerful command of Jesus in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, titled The Great Commission. God tells us what we are to do. 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 Go, make, baptize, teach. Go, make, baptize, teach. Those sound like do words to me. And listen to what he says he will do. Oh, oh, we don't need to do, but he needs to do. See, that's where it's dangerous and conflicting. Be careful. I am willing to say he means what he says, and he's totally faithful. You can count on that. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, as we finish this wonderful passage, remember, we are to go, not stay in one place. We are to make disciples. We are to do something, and the do something called discipling is discipling another. Make equals do. 
We are to baptize because the truth we bring and the work of God, the Holy Spirit, in the inward conviction occurs, and then the convert begins to outwardly express this demonstration of life transformation, and God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit begin moving in their life. We are to teach them, not from our own whims. They are to observe as we observe all and that would be all of God's word because that's where his commands are. And we, each and every one of us, are to live them out. So are you a disciple of Jesus with his armor on, ready to combat spiritual warfare and make disciples? Or are you just a Christian hoping to avoid spending eternity in hell? Because if you carefully focus on avoiding hell... And then, you know, I don't want to live in hell. It's so much focus on it. Be careful. You might wind up ending up there. So now we're going on to one of the most amazing promises God gives to his disciples. And that's the latter portion. I am with you always. Now, it makes sense if he uses always. The end of the age is just a reminder. But I am with you always. Now, I am with you. Now, here again, if you're living on the deception that God's word only applied to the people back there, then you're missing out on something special and, and you're going to miss it completely. And if you do, then you have to read the passage like this. Jesus says, I am with them always, not you. Now, why would God be only with the people that would not be living long enough to spread the gospel along the linear line of time? I mean, that's ridiculous to think that. So if God desires for all to come to repentance, then who is bringing the repentance message? Can't be those guys. They're dead. It's you. Oh, here we are again. You. The Lord's not slow about promises, some count slowness, but is patient toward you. Oh, them. Not me. Them. Not wishing for any to perish. Oh, well, that would be any. That would apply to any and everyone, but not this time, just back then. But all to come to repentance. Now, all is everyone, but only everyone then, not now. So who is bringing this message of repentance? How could the initial disciples in their raw humanity bring the message of repentance to you in your car, airplane, train, or bus? And even know what that was. So it's you, my fellow disciple, it's you. His words apply to you, don't they? Stop being deceived to think God's word, will, and promises only apply back then and not today. What a great assurance we have that God himself will be with his disciples. You don't have to look for anyone else. God himself, the creator, is with you. Now what a phenomenal promise of God that he says, I am with you always. How about that for confidence builder? I mean, do you even know who I am is? God identifies himself in Exodus 3.14 as I am who I am. Thus, say to the sons of Israel, I am with you. This is Yahweh speaking. God is saying he was, is, and will always be with you. He has no need for humanity. He doesn't need you you are being blessed because he, through his love, mercy, grace, is allowing you to be of a significant part of his kingdom plan of redemption. You should see this as a blessing in your life, not work. You're getting ready to spend eternity with God, for goodness sakes. 
He's unchangeable. He's always the same. So if he's always the same, then how are we to live? How are we to respond? How are we to go through this life and live out this wonderful truth of God? It doesn't even make sense that we would... I mean, listen to what Hebrews 13.8 says. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So since he is the same yesterday, then he was with the initial converts yesterday. Today, he's with you. And forever, that would be those that come after you, hopefully, from disciples you have made. And then God will be with all of us, his disciples, together forever. So what part of this wonderful promise, I am with you always, not I will be with you. And, and, and please understand this about I am with you always. Always meant it wasn't the day that that salvation came to your tent and then all of a sudden you started walking with Jesus. That, that ain't it. You know, it happened way before that. It was always. It was always there. When you weren't attentive, he was there. He watched you born. He watched you grow. And then on that designated day, that would be your Psalm 139.16 moment in your life, when God brings forth this wonderful truth of who he is, and then you become aware of it. That's the difference. It isn't, it isn't something that, you know, he's like, oh, today is that. No, you were with him always. I mean, when does always begin? I mean, is there a beginning to always? Because if he was with you always, then he was always there. When you almost fell off the roof, he was there. When you were in the auto accident, he was there. When that piece of metal, he was there. He's always been there. So shouldn't we live our lives in such a way that we should demonstrate that we know that the living God, the only true God, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit residing in us, giving us the ability and the power to go and make disciples of all the nations and not have this dissension and bitterness and corruption interfere with what we're trying to do because it's all a plan to thwart the goodness of God and try to keep the gospel from spreading to places it needs to go and in your own neighborhood would be block one. Within your own camp would be A1 and beyond everywhere you go. So how are you living out these truths? God has given each one of us a platform. How are we using this platform God gave us to use to proclaim the gospel and make disciples? So what a wonderful command and promise. Now, if you don't believe him, or he's like you, 
and you claim the human thing and say, well, you know, I try to be faithful and I, I try to, you know, all my promises, but you know, I'm just human and I just, I just, I just can't do it. I just can't do it because something I chose was more important than you. So I decided that even though I made a promise to you and I'm legitimately forgetting and not writing down, I'm learning. I need to write things down more often. You know, they said, as you get older, you're supposed to you know, you start forgetting things, and I couldn't remember what they said they were, so um, I had been start writing stuff down, because there are distractions, and distractions can be good, so I am with you always, even to the end of the age, well, that's even better, because that means when all of this stuff happens, and the curtain tears, and the things start falling out of the sky and whether we see it or somebody else sees it, I pray that you are preaching the gospel to those that are behind you, especially your little ones, because we ain't seeing good stuff coming. And if you're paying attention, I would hope that you're not figuring out what else you need to do. You have a calling. You need to be living out that calling. We expect those military people live out their calling, go serve, Right? And, and, and we live in the freedom. Well, you better be living out your calling as a disciple of Jesus. Because the question was, is, or is, is if you were called, would you go? Would you go? Or would you go, well, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to head out. So, I mean, what a wonderful promise. What a wonderful command to think that God would call us to go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Don't let race, don't let religion, don't let proximity, don't let any of those things get in your way of spreading the gospel. And the wonderful pleasure it comes from baptizing someone, not because they decided, but because God has moved in their life and it's more than simply being baptized it's a transformation of life change it's a new responsibility in someone's life it's the it's the flame of god being lit in their hearts and then god brings forth eternity into their life and now as a disciple of jesus you are now responsible to god to teach them and his commands are in his word so if you haven't been in there in a while then it's time to pick it up and become the disciple that God has called you to be because looking around us you know we know there is a lot to be done the harvest is plenty the workers are few be a worker we're ending up this uh, wonderful wonderful command and if the first part is what we're supposed to be doing go make baptize and teach then if we do that based on what God says I am with you always then it is phenomenal blessing to live out as a disciple of Jesus so hmm I look forward to seeing where God leads me next and what we'll be talking about next. But as we head back up, take this with you. 
Have you ever noticed that God's commands are not suggestive? As it gives us a means to consider like they're a recommendation to live. No, they're commands. Pay close attention to them. And when you understand them, do them. If you need encouragement or hope, then read, study, meditate on God's promises. Commit them to memory, and I guarantee you, God the Holy Spirit will use them exactly at the right time, in the right space, to the right person, and that person could be you or it could be someone else. When God promises he will be with you, he means it. But you must believe it. And to believe it goes well beyond just knowing it. Believing it is living it. And if you go into Hebrews 11 and read about those who have lived out this faith, believing it is moving. If you ain't moving, then you don't believe it. If you're moving, you're believing it. The first part of the Great Commission is the disciples' responsibility. And the second part is God's. I would say, you do yours, and he will do his. And that would mean, you don't do yours, he don't do his. So, you decide what side of the aisle you want to be on that because there is no gray area. Well, sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. Well, sometimes I do and sometimes it's not a ping pong game. This is the way it is. You either live by his commands, you're faithful to God, you live out your calling and you make disciples and you bring the truth of God, this wonderful treasure God has given to you or you don't. That's it. And believe me, I don't know what it will be like when he asks a question. Well, did you make disciples? You can't lie to him because he knows everything. So I wonder if he asked this way. How many disciples did you make? How would you answer? Well, the will of the Father is making disciples. Well, if you read Matthew 7, you're going to have to start saying stuff like, well, I and I and I and, and, and that ain't going to work. So just be faithful and do disciple work. Be a disciple who makes disciples. And God will take you to levels of growth in your spirituality, your faith, your obedience, your love, your joy, your happiness, your contentment, your understanding, your wisdom, and your maturity that you never knew existed. You person in this time and age you want to grow and remember when God said always that didn't begin the day of your salvation because God always means always and that was the first day you realized he was with you let me pray for you Abba we love you and we thank you for today this is the day the Lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it Abba I don't know where you're taking me but what a wonderful reminder and my responsibility as being and making disciples utilize this means this platform you've given me to bring forth the truth to those who need to hear it and whoever you are listening, I pray God just creates a 
burning desire in you to do more than just stand in line waiting for your turn to enter the kingdom. That you are an active participant in God's wonderful plan of redemption in humanity. Lord, light a fire in them. Create these disciples who need it. And you know where we're standing right now on this planet. What turmoil is all around us. And it seems as a student listening to your word and truth, it thrives the best in persecution and times of trouble. Bring forth your disciples to bring forth the truth of who you are so that we can make the disciples that you've ordained to be received into the next phase of us, the use of this time, and your will and your ways are carried out in our lives. Thank you for this opportunity to preach the truth in love. Thank you for the fire and desire that I have to share this wonderful life that you have given me. I thank you for today. I thank you for your promises. I thank you for the promise of I will always. And I thank you and are so grateful for Jesus. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great week of worship and keep walking the way.